Hello, universe. Well, talk about the least anticipated subject matter for a final conclusion of a season episode 53. My cat goes down in two hours and eight minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Happy Octopical. So, oh, I, I don't know if this should be a cat retrospective, which of course is just dumb. My cat and I don't have that kind of relationship. What my cat and I have is a professional relationship. One based on mutual respect. One based on she will catch mice and I will reward her in food and clean litter as she does so. Turns out she can also take a bullet or some other piece of shrapnel that got into her roughly four years ago. Worked its way out two years ago and has been a nuisance of a wound ever since. Well, as she hammers at that right now, I know I'm making the right decision. I know I'm making the right decision. My cat's in pain. My cat is no longer living a life of any kind of Hmm, adventure. I just hope to get her through another day without her taking a turn for the worse. Bleeding all over everything. Or peeing on something I care about. That's what we're down to. And while that's still enough of a relationship to give her a chance to heal, as she has seen her wound get worse and worse these last six weeks, well... A responsible pet owner at some point has to make the right decision to euthanize their animal, and today is that day. So, with two hours of life left, Kitty! The idea that I would get mad at her over anything, even her own self-abuse, well, I guess today she gets to go out on her terms. And whatever those are, I'm not fighting her. You want to eat yourself to death? You want to eat your own backside there? Go for it. I'm going to let you have your way. All right. Is that what I got on talking about? Well, that's what I got on knowing I couldn't help but talk about. And since this is a wrap-up of Octopical, which just is a made-up word for topics for the eighth chapter, well, my sister's helping me get this done today. And when Octopical started, my sister and I were just mending fences. So, over the course of this run of 53, we've really come back to a level of shenanigan-free expectation of each other. Which basically means my sister now thinks I'm not a total dipshit like I used to be. Especially when it came to taking money from her. Emily suffered the most, which is, I'm guessing, between two and $3,000 worth of petty theft from her brother when he was gambling so much that he needed every dollar he could find some days. That was a... That's when I'm like on tilt, at least when it comes to gambling, which is why I've always considered gambling to be the single greatest enemy I hold. If I bet on a game, the only thing I can say is if you bet on the other side, you should be winning lots of money. If you did that throughout my whole life, I think you'd be up a lot of money. 
But then I was also the kind of gambler who would take risks on things like parlays and other idiot bets that are just built to beat you. So, with no possible chance of coming out on top, gambling was always my Achilles heel, as it were. But gambling's an easy thing to stop once you stop, because it's not the same level of compulsion that something like a drug can be. Gambling is a pain point immediately relieved by the ceasing of the activity. Your finances are no longer, I owe somebody four grand, or I've got 18 grand and I don't know what to do with at least half of that since the rest of it I owe somebody. Your finances gambling are just too volatile to become financial. They're nothing but a resource in play, which is why money becomes so negligible, which is why you end up hurting people around you. You can't help but diminish the value of money in a way that makes money almost useless. Because it is to you. It's nothing but an opportunity to buy chips. So, with that in mind, or whatever, put where we are, the Giants, either the San Francisco or the New York, or be dumb enough to parlay the two. Why not? Because you'll lose even more. Yes, that's why we're here, to lose it quickly. Sure seems that way some days if you're addicted to gambling. It's like you walk into the casino with 1300 bucks and you're like, I know I'm walking out of here with zero, yet I can't not walk in. Now, you want to talk about compulsion. That's compulsion. And, of course, when you walk out with zero, flagellating oneself as one will do, you realize there's nothing here for me to do but stop. I even know my patterns. I call them before they happen. I call them better than I call the fucking line bet on a craps table. So why do I keep doing this? And then you stop. Magically, if you want to call it magic. Or sensibly, if you want to call it common sense. Or because no other outcome is available. If you want to call it bottoming out. But... Whatever you call it. Compulsions are behaviors you can stop. Unless you're my cat. In which case, sometimes a better life can only be had in the next go-round. She earned her stripes this round. I'm not going to tell her that she needs to come back as a cockroach and learn more lessons about being kind. I'm not saying she couldn't come back as a cockroach and learn some more lessons about being kind. I mean, that would be available if I were in her universe, but she doesn't need that. She showed enough assimilation to the world's energies to find benefit, to understand it's easier to go out there and do it with help than it is to go out there and do it all alone. Now... Whether or not she can remember that the next time she's back there as a cat, well, that's a hard lesson to learn. Hell, I don't even have a hard time learning that lesson. But an ally showed up just a couple days ago, and I thought to myself, well, you've got you've to turn your allies into, into strength allies. So that I shall do. I owe my holiday return that much. And I think... 
People need to hear from me. I know, I know. I'm hearing you. More dreams are telling me that than ever these days. And it's small circles. I'm not a megaphone of a voice to the masses. <clears throat> I'm an influence and a subtle one. And even sometimes not a pretty one. On a small minority of very specifically confused entities. Those of us that are here are here for purpose. And sometimes the only purpose I have to offer is to remind you that I see you, I hear you, and I know you're here with me. Because isolated though we all may feel, this is a group effort. We weren't chosen to come here and do it all. We were come here. We were chosen to come here and do our part. Our part among all of us. And that's the part I'm here to remind you. You're not one. You're one of many. And that can feel like the longest, the longest road to walk. If you don't hear the voices out there saying, we see you, we hear you, we know you're here and you're important. So, to all who needed to hear that, I'm here seeing you. Pause. I'm pause. Alright, so, I don't know what the appropriate amount of wake and bake on the day that your felinus sees her final momentus. Well, I don't think there is a cap on that day. I think you get to wake and bake as much as you can bake and wake and bake and bake and wake and bake and bake. So I'm going to go bake and wake. And then we're going to talk about why I'm feeling like an NPC lately. I'll tell you what, this 94 and this Miami sunset that I picked up. <coughs> Whoa. 1820 out the door for a gram of live resin from the place on the corner. That might be the best deal I've gotten up there yet. Because this stuff is good. Especially that 94. Oh, I do love the 94. All right. So why do I feel like I might be the NPC in this whole scenario? Well, the argument, biggest argument against it is karma. Obviously, my karmic retribution in here, season eight, if you haven't listened to what comes before this, well, I was a douche when it came to relationships, at least when it came to being faithful in relationships. I would, I cheated on every significant girlfriend I ever had. I think I figured that much out at some point. Um, meaning someone with whom I had either said the words, I love you, and um, yes, we will uh, not see other people, or certainly that had gotten to the point that it was heavily implied. And I was never one to cheat on you by saying, hey, uh, I met this really awesome work friend who I think I'm going to go have sex with this weekend. I just wanted to let you know. No, I would be the guy who'd come home from having sex with this work friend over the weekend saying, well, I told you I was going out of town for the weekend. I don't even know why you're wondering where I've been. This has been set up for a month. You just forgot. When, in fact, I would have maybe casually mentioned it a month ago that it could happen and then never brought it up again for fear that it wouldn't happen, yada, yada. I mean, I was every kind of deviant piece of shit you could come up with. So, 
with that backdrop, could not the entire karmic system be resetting and giving me the kick to the nuts that about, oh, I'm guessing 20 plus women would like to have their shot at retribution of similar fashion. Yeah, especially when you take into account the fact that this karmic retribution came packaged as it did. Exactly. In the form of attention-grabbing individual that I would say I fell for the most. In other words, exactly my type. Except not. There were there were two huge knots here. But the two huge knots, when you consider... Shit, I think my alarm's going off. Hang on, pause. Well, my alarm is not in fact going off. My neighbor's alarm is going off. That is some keen hearing, my friends. I normally don't have that level of hearing. Um, so, the and two knots to me are about perfect. Like, you can't be so overlapped that you have nothing on which you disagree. Or you have nothing of context in which to grow and learn from each other. S similarly bent was my opinion that well we had a huge one which was law enforcement and its role which to me is zero in fact negative and that couldn't be more so the opposite opinion of my arch nemesis the guardian angel so there was that well, there were three big ones, really, because if you want to, well, if you want to throw an addendum underneath that one is 9-11, which is a major 180-degree separation point on which I would just have had to have kept my mouth fucking shut. And then there's the belief that the people who are Homeless drug addict quitters, as it were, on life deserve the same level of respect as those who fucking fought their way through and made it happen and got to the finish line with some level of integrity. Uh, yeah. See, I believe all people, all love, all circumstances, all similar, all in pain all in need of a hug and all deserving of that hug. Myers Nemesis the Guardian Angel did not think everybody was deserving of that hug. That there were plenty of people on this planet for whom that hug should not just be withheld but rescinded. They had proven that they had failed life and in such proof deserved to be ostracized as a weak. So, <clears throat> when you think about those conflicts, there's a lot of texture there on which to have disagreements, that's for fucking sure. And the one that would have ultimately killed any sense of love would have been 9-11, for sure. So, this 
is what I was going through in February when I was realizing that we were not meant to be together. Clearly. Because that's too much. The third one alone is the one that blew my potential love happily ever after into great friend never going to ever be romantically entangled. Couldn't happen. Not with that disagreement. That one to me is why I'm your friend. Because sooner or later over life, you'll give me a chance to convince you that you should rethink that one. But that can't be the person you cuddle up with at night. That's too big a difference. So, having come to that realization in February, it was devastating. I didn't know that that was going to be a point of separation. I didn't find that out until February. I was assuming we were working on all love, all good, all people deserve all opportunities to prove they are the enlightened souls that they came here to be. But no, 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 no. Some people don't think that way. Some people do not believe that at all. In fact, some people believe the opposite. And those people, I don't think, should be my girlfriend. Pause. And frankly, here I go again, sounding like a dick, talking about differences of persuasion that, um, well, obviously in one-on-one considerations are huge or minimal. These aren't deal breakers in the sense of, well, if you think somebody who's continually taking the by default answer, lost their kids, given into drugs, all that, is weak and deserving of retribution. It's not that I can't understand your argument. It's not even that I don't have some of me that feels that's probably right. But more of me feels other things are right. That there's room for that person's cycle of abuse to be stopped here, now. No questions asked. Move forward as the better you. Then become the best you. And we all gain. So those are the optimistic goggles I wear. That I can see where life's skip along this stone path through the babbling brook and everything turns out all right kind of progress I've always been making isn't what everybody else went through. So earned opinions of another variety I respect. But that doesn't mean that I can share my life view and forever and ever thoughts of what this all turns out to be in its best incarnation with those of a more pessimistic view. So as these realizations are hitting me, I'm literally losing my losing my potential in real time of what I thought the world, the universe itself, might be offering me as a final act. And it's painful. Not something I want to go through. Not something I want to consider that 
I always get so close and yet somehow manage to feel so far away from real successful cooperative integration with another person. Closest I ever came were two roommates, Patrick and and Rick were really, really good friends. As good a friend as I could possibly imagine having. But when it comes to making it all work with women, clearly that is still a hill I look up, wondering how to get to the top. So, will I ever figure it out? I don't know. Have I ever figured it out? Probably. By luck, like I would have done this time around. But if I'm a non-player character in this universe, and this was the role I was set out to play, was the one of being overly rambunctious and the unsettled nature that comes with not being able to give someone a straight read, how they have to bob and weave and think about whether or not this is even something of value, where this all sits on the relative scale of human dignity and self-respect. At what point do I need to walk away just because the alternative is to remain here feeling crazier and crazier the further this goes? Well, the universe certainly gave me a kick to the gonads in that regard. One I will admittedly, before any of this interaction even occurred, and have documented, I had coming. And then it came, and then I act surprised. At some point, that is the definition of unlistenable content. Dude! You even said you had this coming! And you don't get to back out and say you didn't deserve it when it shows up. Or that you misread it. Or that you weren't prepared for its inevitable landmine-filled walk across your own emotional depth and width of trauma and elasticity. Trauma being way too hard here. There's no trauma here. Love lost is not trauma. Trauma is love ripped unjustly like is happening around this world at this moment in places farther away from America than is fair because we're certainly not innocent in that whole Gaza Strip routine of horror, but we like to act like we are. All right, no commentary necessary. That's a terror-filled enterprise where humanity's stain will remain for centuries. The little game I'm trying to play to get better, to show more emotional fortitude, to be the bigger person when your cat needs to be put down, to do all the things that are necessary when the chips are stacked against you and keep raining down again and again. Well, karmic retribution, if that's what octopical is really all about, I certainly have mine coming. But I've done a lot of good in this world too. And I know wherever that resonance is filling in, well, the occasional swollen face, the unexpected, out-of-left-field potential love mate 
put into check, put into checkmate. And then both my pets going down in the same year. Well, a whole lot of my life plan seems to be falling into place. Which makes 2024 the great unknown. What does 2024 hold? In many ways, I've been waiting my whole life to find out. But now, uh, given that it's the 13th of December, is it the 13th? Oh, it's only the 12th. You're not going down on the 13th. That would be unlucky. Here on the 12th of December, 12-12. Well, 12-12-2-3 turns out not to be the luckiest day for my cat. But having finally taken care of something that 2023 has told me has been overdue, well, I don't get any kudos for this. But I do at least get to remind myself that making the right decision as a pet owner is never a fun one. Pause. I'm like exactly an hour away from when I have to start putting her in her little cat carrier. Yeah. I would say about a four-minute window between starting that process and hoping my sister's pulling up at the front door is about right. But, you know, well, unless you've been in jail, you probably don't know, but counting down the minutes, uh, you're under 60. Pause. All right, unpause. All right, well, found the cat carrier in the third place I looked for it, which is pretty successful for me. And that just means... It's shower time, and say farewell. I mean, it does help that right now I can count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, and that's not get into the heater, 33 blood drops slash splatters and I don't just mean arterial spray I mean these are drops I didn't even count the drips that are down the couch or the ones on that pillow that's four more from what I can see so there's that that makes this whole process correct um, among many other maladies she suffers so um, her pissing on my blankets I'm over it well I mean, I'm almost out of blankets. That's why I'm over it. So at some point when you run out of blankets, that also fixes itself. But <clears throat> we'll start over with some other mouse control and some other cat of better repute. She was the feistiest cat on Free Cat Day, which turns into a cat that does catch mice. So mission accomplished there. But she's come with a host of other problems that one might expect to emerge in that circumstance. And all of those circumstances are now coming to a bear. So, I loved you, Kitty, as much as I could love a cat named Mousetrap that turned into a cat named Frankie as I could. On that note, we'll, uh, we'll sign off. Oh, so... So if I'm the NPC, then 
I'm putting all of the... Here's the thing. I am a pretty, pretty, pretty good um, romantic person. Like, if I'm trying to be romantic toward you, I'm pretty romantic in general. And when I have you as someone who I am trying to, as it were, woo, or at least find a way to take you on a date, well, I can be all kinds of on-the-spot romantic. Or even planned romantic. But that may not be your style. And you may tell me, get the fuck away, man. Seriously. No. I fall in love with people on the top of mountains. Not with uh, hot tubs and rose petals. Or whatever. I'm not trying to say that's even remotely romantic. I'm just implying that there are times when I have been romantically swept up, including last January, December, I don't know about November, feels like that was maybe when it started, but December, January, into February, but not into Valentine's Day, because the conversation about people's deserved redemption was pre-Valentine's Day 100%. And I even remember thinking, well, that clears it all up. No Valentine's Day card necessary. (laughs) And, I mean, once, once something that fundamental has come to rear its head, I remember standing in my friend Allison's apartment and she's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm coming to the realization that I'm not dating the guardian angel. It's not going to happen. She's like, oh, well, I'm glad that's your decision to get to make. Which, of course, is good. I mean, good on her. Good on her. Obviously, my hubris stands beside me. Leaning into me like some sort of overwhelming giant of expectation delivered but yeah point taken however i've been i've been with a few women in my life and i know what it's like when a woman's into me and there's either a lot of acting going on here that was premeditated and well executed or i'm right and you know me I'm always right. Pause. And that is why everything's my fault. Because if you're always right, well, ultimately, then the blame falls on you, right? Yeah, right. Like I said, right. I'm always right. Okay, right. Pause. Okay. I'm pause. It's now 9.08, and my sister is picking me up in... Uh, 52 minutes. So, if you're getting out of jail, then 52 is like fucking, can't believe you're already to 52. 52 minutes is nothing. Be out of here before I can even think about touching my toes. Because I can't touch my toes. Can I touch my toes now?
Nope, still not that one. Oh, that would be... There you go. There's a my whole 2024 resolution or concept of resolution has been to be more flexible. And if that's not a physical representation of being more flexible, in 2024, for the first time in my life, I'm going to get into limber enough shape to touch my toes. How embarrassing is that? But as I enter 2024 in the best shape I've been in in my entire life, well, it seems like the appropriate time to go for a little more yoga. Uh, not to mention yoga classes. That could be fun. So many yoga studios to choose from in walking distance from the house, I just don't know which way I'll go. But I'm sure I'll enjoy whichever way I end up going, because yoga looks like something good for the body and good for the mind. So, <clears throat> I think it's time to sign off until the deed is done, as it were. Morbid though that makes me feel. That's truly what's next. And since that shower's now piping hot, given how long I've let it run, well, I will say this about the cat. She beat every odd there was, including becoming friends with me. That is probably her biggest accomplishment of all. Because as I've proven, I'm a hell of a hard person to get along with. Pause. Hello, universe. It's now 11... Uh, 10, 11, 10 on the 12th of December, and I am now officially petless, and sad though it is to see my little felinus mousetrapus pass on, well, no more tortured life for she. And on to the next chapter for me. I'll be back when I feel a little more upbeat. Pause. Well, I don't know that I'd say I feel upbeat. I don't know if there will be any feeling upbeat today. Um, <clears throat> no. Having put my cat down today means on August 16th when I put my dog down, to today, I went from having a cat and a dog to no pets whatsoever. So I sit in the house alone for the first time. And I will sleep in the house alone for the first time in a long time tonight. And all of that has me somewhat sad. Not being alone. That part I can dig. But the loss of companionship. That represented itself in my 12-year-old dog and my 13-year-old cat. Well, having them part my life for good. It does bring on that next thing about knowing I'd be petless for whatever's coming in the next chapter. So, rather than ending this with thoughts of my cat, I thought it was better to somewhat try to mm, explain myself here. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I even speaking to the universe as I do? What is my point here? Do I have a point? Or am I just 
bored. Well, let me ask myself both those questions. I'm not bored because I'm never bored. As you can see, if you've listened to the two years of gathered recordings, I can get, um, I can drill down on just about anything. I can find my interest uh, peaked by everything from cross-stitch to crossword puzzles and anything in between. I'm a huge fan of life, and I didn't realize how much I had been tampering that fan of life dumb that I seem so keen on experiencing because I hadn't fully come to love myself until about four or five years ago, as near as I can tell. And at the age of 54, it feels like a rather long start to a momentous passage of life, or at least crossroads in life. And yeah, 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 of course I loved myself. I grew up in a white middle-class American household. As a male. Um, and had every advantage that came with it. Had every support system in my place. Had all of the you-can-do-its I could handle. But I couldn't do it. In fact... The more I did it, the less I thought, what the fuck am I doing? I don't get it. Everybody else seems to say this is how it gets done. If you want to do it right, you do it this way. And I just kept thinking, nope, doesn't work for me. Nope, doesn't work for me. Nope, doesn't work for me. Whether it be the idea of a career or a one-person committed relationship for eternity or even the structure in which kids were being raised. As I found myself more and more serious about getting my shit together, the less shit I could see in the universe that looked like it was together. So aspirations toward what did I have? I really don't know, because the more I tried to achieve, and the more I even did achieve... The less successful I felt, the less internal warmth I was generating. Until finally I thought, I just am doing it all wrong. I'm not built for this planet. I'm broken. This planet and I, we don't get along. We are made for other times, other places, other mushroom trips. Or am I? Because, in some ways, finding psychedelics and some of the ways that my mind could be given the experience of a lifetime, well, that started to change my opinion of things. Not necessarily of myself and my love for myself, more so the things of mm, what I was being told around me were fulfilling, how I was going to go about finding meaning in a world filled with 
war and destruction, violence and anarchy, unpredictable outcomes, the worst happening to those the least deserving. Well, <clears throat> psychedelics, if I'm being frank, were my first real inward look at myself. Beyond, do I want to be a doctor, or do I want to be a lawyer, or do I want to be an astronaut? When you really have to take a peek at what you're made of, well, psychedelics are one way to get there. And what I found in there was glorious. Off the charts. The kind of connection with a super hyper-reality that I, to this day, have never really re-experienced. The first time you trip your balls off changes you, fundamentally, as it should, and it did for me. <clears throat> and I owe my other arch-nemesis, what would he be? He'd be the Heatmeister. The Heatmeister, <clears throat> one Mr. Andrew McLaren, stole my prom date, but did introduce, stole my homecoming date, pardon me, homecoming, it was homecoming, stole my homecoming date, senior year, but that's okay, right Amy Cox, but the truth is, he introduced me to psychedelics, and after having some questionable incidents on his campus of choice, Claremont McKenna, came to Wesleyan for one semester during my college years. And we really got close that semester in sort of a one-on-one -on -one friendship capacity we'd never had before. Having grown up, a group of four, James, Scott, Andrew, John, we were, we were alone for once in an environment in which to really explore our friendship, and we did. And we used psychedelics to do so, and it was wonderful. It was as close to any kind of... Uh, electric Kool-Aid acid test I was ever going to run myself. So, after that, life hits, right? You're armed with everything they say it takes to be successful. You've gone to the right schools. You've done all the right things. You've been all the right yes man. And now it's your turn to go find something of meaning. Which turns out to be a car a Toyota Camry packed with two other friends driving to Portland, Oregon. And that's the adventure of life that starts and really hasn't come to an end. When people were asking me what I did when I was going through the whole hospital routine, I said, well, enough to go to the next place I wanted to see. So really, I've always just gotten by. Because when I tried to be something more than that, it felt like I was putting a noose around my neck that got tighter everywhere I looked. Anything that told me I couldn't just drop it all right now and head to Cambodia on a whim felt like I was living my life wrong. So inevitably, when I realized that that's who I truly am, 
somebody ready for the adventure of a lifetime right now and knowing that it could happen at any minute it could offer itself up and I'm just not going to miss that opportunity well you live your life like that and you better find some adventures to go on because the rewards can only be reaped by the adventures undertaken and I'm lucky enough to have gone on many and to have experienced the life up and down of that type of both privilege and opportunity. So, regrets about my life? Not many. I wasn't going to be able to have kids. No matter what I would have done, that would have worked wrongly. So, as it turns out, the only real regret I have is that I wasn't a better person to somebody along the way who deserved it as much as I was able to give it. Instead, I kept withholding that for something perfect instead of just something that was great. But that's about it. And because I kept holding out for perfect, and perfect showed up, or at least almost showed up, once again, I was there ready to go and knew my life had found its meaning by expressing exactly who I am. So, I love myself entirely. I couldn't be happier to see what the next moment brings. And even if that means I'm headed off to the guillotine, well, I'll do so with a kind of curious inspection about myself that says, eh, Part of me probably deserves this. Not all of me, but part of me.